Hey, what's going on? It's Quinn David Furness. Welcome to my show. Quinn David Furness presents the Beantown Podcast for Saturday, August 13th, 2022. What's happening? How are you? My name is Quinn. This is my show. We are the People's Podcast. We are one of the top 500 podcasts on the north side of Chicago. We are the 112th ranked comedy podcast in the country of Pakistan, the Islamic Republic. I looked it up last week. I mentioned that we were, or yeah, Pakistan was an Islamic state, and I said the whole republic thing never took off there. But lo and behold, Pakistan continues to surprise us. They are officially designated themselves as an Islamic republic, whatever that means. I don't know, caliphate? Now, there's a horse name, C-A-L-I-P-H-A-T-E, is that how you spell caliphate? I don't know what it means. I think that means you're ruled by a caliph. It's like the it's like the bailiff's Middle Eastern cousin, caliph. I don't know, man. But hello to all my friends in Hyderabad, Islamabad, Khyber Pass. I looked it up because we were talking elevation, and actually I'll mention this. Winner of last week's uh, Beantown poll slash trivia question of the week is Jane Dennison Furness, mother of the podcast. We asked, what's the elevation of Santa Fe, New Mexico? And she uh, was officially 100 feet closer to the correct answer than uh, our second prize winner, brother of the podcast, Walt Furness. I think uh, I think Jane guessed maybe 68, Walt guessed 67, and the answer is like 71.99 or something like that. It's up there, man. It's it's high up. It's got to be one of the uh, more populated high like very high elevation cities in the United States. I don't know if they're, you know, I, it totally depends on what your definition of a major city is, but highest elevated state capital. That's a good, that's, that's a, that's a kick-ass trivia question. What's, and I think we already know the answer because we've been talking about it, but what's the, what's the highest elevated state cap, U.S. state capital? I think the answer is Santa Fe, right? There's nothing else it could be. Denver is, uh, well, there's a spider on the wall. I'll be right back. Duty calls. All right, we're back. I'm getting a sip of coffee. First sip of the day. It's uh, 10.30 in the morning here. Not a normal time for us to do a podcast, but I woke up to go for my run this morning. I was actually up by 6.45. I was priding myself. We're coming back to the state capitals in a second here. I got it on my phone. I, I took the opportunity to look it up because I think this will be some interesting there's some interesting data points in here that I'll share with you briefly. Um, but I guess I'll just get this out of the way. So I went, went for a run this morning, and ever since I uh, played kickball this, this summer, I had groin issues. The problem is sprinting. Um, and basically I was in a cycle this, this entire summer where it's like Thursday night, strain it a little bit from, you know, sprinting and then kind of recover and not, you know, really, not really, uh, make it any worse or anything doing, uh, you know, my kind of daily runs, but it was still bad. Um, and then it would get, you know, bad again on, on Thursdays. And then, so that's over now, but last night, Moral, the, the end point of this story here today is that I tried to run this morning. It just didn't work. I like limped slash ran for the first mile, and then it just wasn't happening. Uh, too much pain, so I just walked another two and a half, three miles and uh, called it a day. So feeling a little defeated, but that's okay. Need my rest. Uh, the reason it's, it's, it's so bad this morning is because a good friend of the podcast, Abby Witzak, who is our... Uh, haven't gotten there yet, but our subway expert, she and I ran a 5K, uh, an organized 5K on a track here in Chicago last night, and uh, it was fun. It was it was a good time. A lot of people came out. Um, there are multiple heats. There are like eight heats, so we were in one of the slow heats because uh, uh, we're both you know marathon runners, but we are not sprinters at all. But uh, it was fun. We ran together for the first two miles, and then I. Went for it in the last mile, uh, just because wasn't quite sure like what I did or didn't have in the tank. Because uh, I've never run a 5K on a track before, and there's not only the physical aspect of it. It's trying to, 
not mess up my knee or my groin, but also the mental aspect of going around in a circle 12 and a half times is a little bit different than what I'm used to. It was a great race, but I really pushed myself. What happened was on the last, the last 200 meters, the last you know half a lap, uh, I I had been gaining ground. I, I kind of broke away from from Abby, my running mate. Uh, you know, with like four and a half laps left, and so I was I was picking people up, knocking them down, uh, just because I, you know, am not an experienced 5K runner, so I don't really know what I'm doing. So started to pass people, and then on the very last turn, going into the final home stretch, I passed a lady, and. Uh, you know, thought I had cleared her and was, I think I was still pretty much going the same pace, but you know, I was huffing and puffing, but then she passed me with maybe, I don't know, 70 or 80 meters left. And so when that happened, I was just like turbo man, turbo man, great Christmas movie, jingle all the way and uh, turned on the jets and then ended up, you know, beating her by two or three seconds. But that was, that was a mistake. You know, it was fun to be like, Oh no, I'm, you know, I'm passing you again. You pass me. Now let me finish by passing you. And it was just like I didn't need to push myself that much because it, you know, I'm not racing that person. You're just racing the clock. This wasn't for first and second prize. This was like for fifth and sixth in the heat or something like that. Um, so I mean, hey, I got an extra two or three seconds out of it, but it was it worth it to not be able to, you know, run eight or nine miles this morning. I don't know. You'd be the judge. Maybe it's what I needed to like push myself to the point of making myself take a break because we're coming into a, a hot three week stretch here, man. Law orientation week one, starting Monday, Hawaii week two, and literally a week from the time of recording, we'll be on our flight from Chicago to Honolulu, which is crazy. It ha- still hasn't really sunk in. I honestly, I don't think it's going to like hit me until I'm like literally off the plane and step out of the airport. It's like, oh, I'm in Hawaii. Like we've plan- done some planning. We've got everything figured out, but it still just doesn't feel real. I don't know. And then week three, uh, come back and it's my big teaching week, uh, which is just a, a chaotic week. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, uh, so my, I don't think I'm really going to be running much the next three weeks, which normally would be like, oh, that's kind of a bummer. Feel bad about myself. But now it's like, you know, I've kind of had the groin issue for the last two months or so. And now it's two and a half months. And now it's like, legitimately, I can't actually go out there for a run today. Um, you know, the morning after a race. And so that's just got to listen to the body, you know? Good news is now we got our, our little home gym set up here uh, across the way in the courtyard. Got bikes down there. I was down there Thursday night after work. Um, so it all, it's all good. It's all good. But let's come back to this elevation stuff, and then we're going to get dig into our final 10 states here. Haven't even mentioned that yet. This is our part five of five. Capping off today the longest-running consistent consecutive series in Beantown podcast history. We've never done like a five week kind of thing. I think, I think the fall road trip 2020 was a four week ordeal. This is five weeks. So we're going to get to that uh, very shortly, but I mentioned, uh, you know, before, before I had to pause to go kill the spider and I'm going to pause in a second here actually uh, to trim my toenails. Cause it's one of those things where it's like, I keep noticing it. But at very inconvenient times when I'm not like near my toenail trimmers or near the bathroom, and I keep saying like, "Oh, I gotta trim these," and next thing you know, it's like a week later, and it's like, "Shoot, I still gotta trim these." So I'm gonna do that, and then we're gonna get into our power rankings. I'll also, take this opportunity to let you know that uh, listener discretion is advised when you're listening to the Bean Town Podcast. Number one, we'll occasionally use some language. Number two, this podcast is objectively terrible. Sit my coffee here, then we're gonna. Let's talk about these uh, capital elevations here. Okay, so I mentioned before I paused that I thought Santa Fe was probably the uh, thought that it certainly at at almost 7,200 feet had to be the highest elevated U.S. state capital. And I did a a quick Google search. Now, this is a Reddit post from the subreddit 
data is beautiful uh, from two years ago. So I don't know if there's been some tectonic shifting that may have uh, changed some of this. I am not personally verifying this data, but it looks pretty right to me. So uh, here, here we go. Here's we. You already know one. If uh, Beantown uh, trivia slash poll question of the week, we'll we'll keep it going on theme here. Give me uh, give me the top five. U.S. state capitals by elevation. I'll give you a hint. Santa Fe is number one. So you got to tell me the other four. Uh, I'm going to go beyond. I was going to say something about something else in the top five here that that, uh, was surprising. But I'm going to move past that. And I'm going to just let you know how cool is this? How badass is this? Illinois, Springfield, that's like middle of the pack. You think Springfield, you think cornfields, you think Midwest, you think flat. I'm telling you what, man, this is like. It's legitimately maybe even top 25. It's like 23, 24 maybe. Here's something you might find surprising. Illinois, higher elevation than than, uh, state capitals like Montpelier, Vermont. No one's saying that Vermont is a, you know, elevated paradise. But, you know, Green Mountains, it's not not like the whole state is mountainous. But um, it's a state, pretty small state known for mountains. Frankfort, Kentucky, uh, you know. Bluegrass, Rolling Hills. Uh, no one's sitting there thinking, "Oh yeah, Frankfurt, that's way up there." But I would, I would, if you asked me straight up, you know, ten minutes ago, what's higher, Springfield or Frankfurt? I would have been like, obviously Frankfurt. That's probably not that close. Uh, other things that are below Illinois that you might find surprising: Austin, Texas. Look, it's not in the mountains or anything, but it just feels like, the you know, everything's bigger in Texas, I guess. Uh, Anything else here that's super surprising? Charlotte, North Carolina kind of surprised me because it's, uh, it's definitely not in the mountains, but it's not too far from sort of the, the edge of them. Uh, New Hampshire is down here as well, Concord, New Hampshire. And then everything else is things that would not surprise you. you know, things along the ocean, Boston, Tallahassee. Charleston, West Virginia is pretty low on the list. It's a little surprising to me. I would have uh, pegged it as being higher. And the, uh, the lowest elevation is uh, Honolulu, Hawaii. Although it seems like uh, Dover, Delaware, Sacramento, California, Annapolis, Maryland, Trenton, New Jersey. Basically anything that's on the water. I don't know how the Rhode Island, uh, capital of Rhode Island, whatever that is, Providence, that's like basically on a bay that leads into the ocean, I think. I was kind of surprised that that's not like number two. It's like seven or eight. Uh, okay, quick uh, quick toenail break, and then we're coming back for the state power rankings. The magic of stop and record and modern technology. Five minutes, I'm in there clipping toenails, and you're just sitting here like nothing happened. I'm like a recording wizard. I love it. Drinking from our Rockford Ice Hogs coffee mug here. Although it's starting to get a little cold. I need to go top myself off. We're going to have to pause after like state eight or something like that. Okay. No more uh, flipping and flopping around here. It's the moment that you have all uh, waited for. I feel like pretty much every single one of these episodes, the, the plan was to like get into it after about five or six minutes. And it's like 14 minutes in. And it's like, oh, he's finally going to talk about what he told us he was going to talk about. You could listen to this at uh, two times speed. Rachel does that with some of her podcasts. I don't know if it's two time or one and a half or what it is. Two timing touch and broken bones. Pause, pause our show and go listen to, is that the Hives who sings that? Two timing touch and broken bones. I don't really know what that song is about. Uh, I learned about it from a Madden video game soundtrack. Two timing touch and broken bones. There it is. By the hives. Look whose memory is still uh, still sharp. I don't know anything about the hives, but uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna make you uh, l- listen to me read their Wikipedia article, which is something I would frequently do, especially if I didn't have something else to talk about. Because it's educational. Hey, you know, maybe uh, maybe there's one person out there who's never heard of the hives, and uh, well, none of you have heard of the hives, but. One person out there who's never heard of the Hives, and all of a sudden they're like, well, let me check it out. I need some new music. And uh, next thing you know, big Hives fan. So 
You're welcome. Jack P. Hives, lead singer of the Hives, I'm guessing. Speaking of new music, Death Cab for Cutie dropped their third single off of their new record, Asphalt Meadows, which comes out in just about a month here. I think it's September 12th. Uh, the song is called, it's a very Death Cab sounding song title, Fox Glove Through the Clear Cut, whatever that means. That's basically, it's it's very stereotypical. Like if you pulled up like a random song title generator and uh, you're like, give me something that Death Cab for Cutie would write. I think Foxglove Through the Clear Cut would be a, a good answer. It's a very unique song. It's uh, Ben Gibber doesn't sing, he speaks. Uh, and it works. I mean, it's, it's, it's unique, but it's, it's interesting. It's new. It's fresh. Um, I like it. I wish they had given me a little bit more. Uh, you know, it's one of those songs where you do your stuff, and then there's kind of a big kind of you know, instrumental play out. And I wish that hit, they had given us a little bit more of that, uh, kind of blue blood, blue blood style, um, just craziness at the climax or like uh, Bixby Canyon bridge. Cause it feels a little short. The song itself is still like five, five minutes and change, but, uh, I just wish it had a little bit more going on at the end. Uh, which is kind of how I feel about, um, some of their other new tracks as well. Okay. Coming in at number 10, uh, we're labeling this top of the heap, and these are the last 10 states, and uh, I I took a long, hard look at this. I I reordered one or two things right before we started recording, but these are the 10 that I've had in the, like, top group of 10 uh, pretty much since I came up with this idea to power rank, and we're just going to go for it. No regrets. Coming in at number 10, something that has... uh, Maybe some of you have forgotten about it, but it's still out there. Alaska, the last frontier. A fact I learned about Alaska this week that is not verified, but I found it on Reddit. And, the co- and I, I would believe it um, just by looking at a map, frankly. The coastline of Alaska is longer than the coastline of the contiguous United States, Pacific and Atlantic combined. Which, uh, I mean, you could see it both ways, right? You could see it like, oh, yeah, definitely that's true. Alaska's gigantic. It's surrounded on water by three sides. I get that. But you also consider, you know, West Coast is long, but you go all the way from basically Galveston or, or Brownsville, whatever it is, Corpus Christi, basically all the way up to basically uh, Acadia National Park, all the way around Florida, all the, you know, I don't know how coastline exactly is measured, but I assume like Chesapeake Bay, does that count as like ocean coastline? You know, there's just, you get up in that Northeast, there's a lot of, even the mid-Atlantic, a lot of crooks, crannies, all that stuff, deceivingly long coastlines. With the exception of New Hampshire, I think New Hampshire coastline is like 18 miles or something like that. Can you imagine if you had a property on the New Hampshire coast and maybe you had like a quarter mile of uh, coastline, you would have like more than 1% of all the New Hampshire coast. That'd be pretty cool. But Alaska is great. Uh, We've done a podcast from there before from the uh, airport, the Daniel J something Seward airport, whatever it is. Uh, Loved loved my time there. I mean, I've been there a total of, what, three, four days in my life. But I loved Anchorage. It's a town where there's, you know, plenty going on, but it's still quiet. Uh, there were, like, not any buildings higher than, like, three or four stories there, which is just not something I was really expecting. But uh, it's, you know, a town where there's there's stuff going on in town, but it's people are kind. It's a walkable kind of city. If you're in the you know general vicinity of the center of the city, it's a big city by area. Everything out there is big by area because there's just land for h- hundreds of miles, thousands of miles maybe. Uh, and then Denali, I mean, what else can you say? The coolest national park in my opinion because when you think of national parks, you think of like – and this is true of Denali too, but like protect the wildlife. Like don't, don't veer off the trail, you know, like stick to the hiking paths and you get to Denali and it's like 
This is uh, a state park the size of Massachusetts. You can uh, go do what you want to do. There aren't really paths um, past the first 12 miles. If you see a grizzly bear, good luck. Use your uh, use your instincts. We saw a moose in Alaska, a moose and a baby moose, whatever that's called, a, a bull maybe. Uh, didn't see any bears, I don't think, in Alaska, which is a good thing. Still shelled out like 70 bucks for the bear spray at Walmart, which uh, is necessary. I'll pay 70 bucks to not die, potentially not die. But yeah, it was, uh, I loved every second of it. It was a great trip with uh, two brothers, learned about Baked Alaska. We uh, went to that bar to have PBR and chips. We had omelets at like midnight at that uh, diner, 24-7 diner in Anchorage. So, great place. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a lot of weirdos up there. It's uh, very red, very Republican, but I don't really blame them. I think if I was, like, born and raised in Alaska, then I would probably be Republican, too. It's just they have different priorities up there, different needs. It's a different world. That's okay. But I loved it. Natural beauty unlike anything else. Uh, You know, you get get great vistas, V-I-S-T-A-S, and landscapes and stuff. In the West, Colorado, Montana, Wyoming, Utah, Nevada, Oregon, Washington, California, Arizona, New Mexico. But Alaska is just uh, that, but times five. It's just huge. And there's so much of it up there that no one has ever really seen. Not no one, but like a handful of people have, have explored, seen, charted. There's just all that land, not to mention, you know, Canada. That's just, uh, we don't really uh, know what's going on out there. It's just some mammals and shrubs and trees, basically. And I think that's pretty badass. So that's Alaska number 10. Coming at number 9, a very interesting state. state with a lot going on. Gets very different as you go across the state, different regions. And it has a it has a, a soft spot in my heart because I've spent a lot of time there as an adult. Pennsylvania coming in at number nine. So the thing that really pumped Pennsylvania up in in my mind is it's a you know a state that is very different in the west part versus the east part. Even if you go to the you know northern part, but the thing I like about Pennsylvania is I don't really hate the western part. You know, sort of the more traditionally red Republican part. Now, granted, there are plenty of things as you get further and further away from Pittsburgh where it's just basically the Midwest and pretty red and, you know, nothing special. But I love Pittsburgh. Man, great city. Ohio River Valley, kind of the start of it. Of course, the uh, Allegheny and Monongahela. Don't ask me to spell it but I'll try. Okay. Rivers. Uh, Monongahela. M-O-N. Monon. O-N. G-E. Monongahela. That's close. It's either like G-E or G-A maybe. But Monongahela and Allegheny. I can spell Allegheny. A-L-L-E-G-H-E-N-Y. Rivers formed together right around... uh, PNC Park and what is formerly known as Heinz Field. It's something different now. But Pittsburgh, a uh, beautiful town. You know, a nice, a nice like downtown. Plenty of things to do. A couple colleges, Carnegie Mellon, of course, and uh, Duquesne. Right, that's in downtown Pittsburgh, I believe. D U. Oh God, Q U E S N E, maybe Duquesne. It's damn French. Um, surrounded by the Allegheny Mountains, driving through central Pennsylvania on uh, I-80 or whatever that is, the uh, Pennsylvania Turnpike. You got to go, is it 80? Is it uh, 76? 76, that's what it is. Um, 
the toll road, there's like two exits in the entire state. You got to go through the, the mountain tunnels. There's three of them, I think, but it's, it's, it's cool. I remember doing that once or twice, driving from uh, Illinois to Delaware growing up, and I always thought that was really neat. And I still think it's neat as an adult. I haven't driven through there in a while. Classic Pennsylvania story. One time I was living in Baltimore, the only time I was living in Baltimore. But one time as I was living in Baltimore, brother of the podcast, Jack Furness, was doing a little like East Coast trip, I think looking at law schools. So he stayed with me for, you know, like a day or something. I think he like got in on, you know, like a night, stayed the whole next day, left the next morning, something, something along those lines. But I had to work the full day that he was here. And so I think basically what I did was I drove to Pittsburgh from Baltimore, four-hour drive. You know, I probably left at like 8 in the morning, maybe maybe a little bit later, but then worked at like three or four-hour fare and then got out at like 8 p.m. It was snowing. It was a snowstorm and uh, stopped at a Denny's on the east side of Pittsburgh had myself a little diner breakfast, which was a lot more common back when I was, you know, 21, 22, 20, I guess like 22, 23, 24, working that job, just eating alone, free meal. Uh, and then drove back to, to Baltimore, got in about, I don't know, 1230, one, because I had to drop the car at the BWI first, take an home. And uh, well, you know how the rest of the story goes. Jack was asleep and I ended up hanging out in uh on a park bench for like i don't know half an hour hour one of those things where it was a lot it felt like it was a lot longer than it actually was but that's because it was like pretty cold outside and uh i wasn't sure if i was just gonna like have to sleep on a park bench in my suit nonetheless anyways that's not to throw shade at anyone it's just one of my uh it was a crazy day because you drive four hours, you work for like four hours, and you drive four hours back, and then you get home, and it's like, oh, I'm locked out. But uh, the other, you know, memory I have of, of Pennsylvania, well, lots of memories, but um, marathon training in 2017, I, I spent, you know, like two, three weeks uh in the Philadelphia area. And so I would try to do as much of I, not as much, but you know, I had a couple of runs for sure out at Valley Forge national historic park. And, uh, one of them, I was trying to do like 18 miles. It was tough, right? Because you would work every day from like eight to three, eight to four, something like that. So by the time you finish working, not only are you, I mean, you're tired, but you've mostly just been like driving from school to school every day. So I get back to my hotel, like change in my running stuff, drive another 20 minutes, get to Valley Forge. So by that time, it's probably 5, 5.30. And granted, it's a little bit later in the year. This is early September. Uh, or I guess more like late September probably by that point. Marathon was in late October. And so, you know, sun, sun, sun's going down at like 6, 6.45, 6.30. So I don't, I don't have enough time to run 18 miles in the lightness. Um, but the run's going good. That was one of those runs. I don't, I don't usually run with my phone. That was one of the runs where I should have run with my phone. Cause I knew Valley Forge, but I didn't know every single in and out detail. Um, you know, I didn't know it intimately, if you will. And so the thing with Valley Forge is it kind of surrounds the, uh, is that the Skullkill River? I think. Yeah, Skullkill. S-C-H-U-Y-L-K-I-L-L. Skullkill. And so I kind of do the south part around, you know, like George Washington's quarters and stuff. You transition. You go over the river on the road to the north part. And on the north part is where I got turned around. It's really simple. You know, it wasn't like I got very lost. I still generally knew where I was, but... I somehow ended up in the middle of a cornfield. I don't know. And uh, by the time I got out, my legs were just all cut up because I think there was a lot of, like, thistle and stuff. 
And then by the time I get back on the other side of the river, of course, my car is on the far southwestern end of the, the, the you know, park. That's, you know, three, like three miles as the crow flies from the river crossing. So I'm like, I pretty much know where I need to go, but I'm trying to determine because the sun's going down. Like mentally, I'm in a bad place because I just got my legs all cut up. But I'm like, do I want to try to finish the run as I intended or do I just want to try to get to the car? And uh, so I try to just do a shortcut, get to the car, got turned around. Because the road's in there, the path's in there. It's not, you know, you run in Chicago, it's a grid. Boom, got the lake and know where I'm at. But this is like just wide open, like green spaces with some trees here and there. And so it's kind of like you try to use the sun, but then the sun goes down and you're like, wait, which way is west? So it was that was a rough night. Uh, the thing I was most worried about is they say like, okay, we're you know the signs are like we close the the parking lot at sundown. And of course, my car is still there. Um, it worked out. And the marathon itself a month later was absolute just disaster, but uh, I made it. And uh, there's a lot more that you could say about PA, but I I like Philly. It's a uh, it's a town kind of like Chicago, a lot of, a lot of fun things, a lot of rich culture, but uh, some uh, some funky areas too. You know what Philly has that Chicago doesn't have is South Philly. That place is a uh, nightmare for pretty much everyone. Uh, South Philly is kind of hard to describe until you've actually like been there and experienced it for yourself. I've never been like heckled or anything. I've never like had a bad encounter in South Philly, but... I don't know. It just kind of gives you a vibe. Um, it's always sunny in Philadelphia, located in South Philly, the bar, the fictional bar, Patty's Pub. But, you know, for all that, Philadelphia has so much going for it. Amish country, uh, the Poconos, Scranton, Bethlehem, Allentown. Uh, it's got a soft spot in my heart. Definitely could have been ranked lower. Um, but I don't mind it. I, I could live in Pennsylvania. Uh, down to 42% on the laptop. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to give it a quick pause, a quick charge, and refresh my coffee. Uh, coming in at number eight is going to be a heavy hitter. I mean, everything's a heavy hitter from here on out for the most part. But um, we're going to get uh, pretty close to to, uh, New, uh, to to Pennsylvania in a second here. Uh, but I'll take this opportunity as I'm sh- as I'm shifting to mention that listeners or not listener, I want to thank our sponsors. I'm all over the place this morning for supporting our show. Our good friends at Home Pride Oregon. When you need a home inspected in Central Oregon, you want someone safe, certified, someone that you can trust, doubly insured, all that good stuff. Call Steve five four one four zero three one six, or even easier, use your mobile smartphone, your web browser, your laptop, your dial up connection, like uh, Carol Burnett did to research well i won't spoil it for you better call saul finishes in two days the end of the uh, gilligan verse which is hard to believe two shows one movie it's crazy that it's ending tomorrow or monday uh guys it's easy sleek website super fast check it out need a uh, your home uh what's the slogan i don't know I forgot. Home Pride, Oregon, Inspection Perfection, I think. Uh, Of course, our good friends, Cuts by Q. Need a fresh juice, something snappy and new. Call the experts at Cuts by Q. Speaking of Q, we're going to get back into right on Q. We've got to get through this stretch here. The second half of August is just a barn burner, man. Mention what the next three weeks look like. Then Labor Day weekend in Wisconsin for a wedding. Come back. You got work or uh, two two fantasy drafts back to back days, Tuesday and Wednesday after Labor Day. Then the season starts on Thursday. It's a it's a lot, and then uh, next thing you know, I'm I'm going to Kansas City the week after that. The week after that, I'm going to uh, Canada. So there's just it, it's a it's a hell of a stretch. Good and bad. Lots of lots of interesting things. Lots of fun things. Hawaii can't complain. Canada should be cool, but uh, just exhausting at the same time. Okay, I'm going to uh, refresh my coffee here, 
and then we're going to return for our final eight states. We'll be right back. And once again, the magic of recording. Got a fresh second cup of coffee, although I got to tell you, I uh, am really, really feeling it with this cup of coffee. I'm using the generic Trader Joe's medium roast. Uh, fresh bag, just opened it up this morning, but I think I, I think I need to do some intentional like coffee research, honestly, at the grocery stores and find find the you know the coffee that I really like because I have just been wandering aimlessly through coffees for years. You know, it's not like oh I'm gonna get this one because I really like this one. It's just kind of like, oh this catches my eye. This is on sale. This is a good price. Let's buy this. Uh, look, there's things I won't buy. I'm mean, not going to find me getting Folgers or Maxwell House, but beyond that, it's kind of like open season. Um, and I really, uh, I would really like to enjoy my cup of coffee and not just drink it because it's like a social. Oh yeah, it's morning, so drink your coffee kind of thing. Major first world problem. Okay, coming in at number eight. It's a state uh, that many would have higher. And uh, I don't know, very dichotomous. New York, New York, baby. Uh, what is there to say? I mean, I think most people uh, know New York City fairly well. They'll never run out of things to explore. It's a great town. It's a little overwhelming, particularly Manhattan, but uh, I don't mind it. I don't want to live there ever, uh, New York City specifically, just because it is like so big. There's just so much, um, but that hey, that's just one part of the state. Long Island still have never been outside of you know. Long you don't you don't say you're on you're in Long Island when you're in like Brooklyn or Queens. Obviously, it's on Long Island, but you're not in Long Island if that makes sense. Uh, but like you know, I just don't I don't know anyone out on Long Island, and there's nothing really that I want to do specifically. So it's like. However far east you go, you got to come right back. That's the, th- that's the thing about Long Island. It's crazy. It's like there's so much there. It's so long. A lot of people. But anytime you want to get out, you got to come back through the city in some, some way. Uh, you don't have to drive through midtown Manhattan. But it's just uh, it's always, it's always a curious thing for me. I always felt like I would feel choked off living in long island and then you got the rest of new york i mean the hudson hudson river valley is beautiful from a sheerly aesthetic perspective especially in the fall Mm. albany other towns that are on uh saratoga springs is kind of in that area and then you get to uptown new york uh uptown new york upstate new york uh basically just the midwest right I was I was just there uh, two years ago. I never really spent any time in you know Finger Lakes area or uh, you know Cooperstown Baseball Hall of Fame. I stayed in Utica one night, which is just very much like uh, feels like a very like you know like Allentown, Pennsylvania, or you know Quad Cities or something. Just that kind of vibe, old manufacturing town, kind of stuck in the past. Uh, but there's a lot there. Uh, the Catskill Mountains, beautiful. Uh, what are the other? So Catskills are further south or north? Because there's there's two kind of parallel ranges, right? And then the the other one starts with uh, the then A. Is that right? This is this is embarrassing. I was just there two years ago. Uh, you got. I think the Catskills are further south. And then the other ones, I'm pretty sure they start with an A, uh, are further north. And I did a little bit of hiking in the ones that were further north, I think. Uh, But then, you know, what's really crazy, you get all the way up to, uh, like, the kind of big northern fat part of New York. And that's kind of like Maine. There's just, like, open wilderness. Not a lot happening um which is just crazy because when people think of new york they just think of adirondacks right they think of um you know new york city which is fair but 
not even just you know you got the Finger Lakes, and you got you get to the like eastern edge of uh, Lake Ontario, but then you go further northeast towards Vermont and uh, Lake Champlain. Is that what it's called? Burlington is, and uh, there's just a whole lot of nothing, a lot of wilderness up there. It kind of feels and looks like you know northern Maine, uh, but I love that dichotomy. I love how you get a little bit of a little bit of everything. New York, just a huge place, a lot to explore. Uh, very unique state. New York City, go once a year. Be back there in uh, just about two months here. Uh, yeah, thirteenth of October, I think, is when I'm going to fly out there. So, great town. BravoCon happening the same weekend we're there. Maybe we'll go. I think tickets are pretty taxed, but. We'll see. Uh, let's move it along here. Gosh, I could we could do a whole podcast on number seven here, but I won't. Uh, I know I'm not even going to say that much about it because I think most people listening, based off of where I'm from and where the show is based, know it. Number seven, Illinois. Uh, Non-Illinoisians, non-Midwesterners will give me plenty of shit for ranking it this high. Um, and I get it. Outside of Chicagoland, it gets really red, and it's basically just corn and... Uh, the whole like St. Louis metro area thing, yeah, kind of sucks. But hey, man, you get a little bit of redemption. Southern Illinois is crazy, but you get down to the uh, the National Forest down there, whatever it's called, it has a Native American name. The uh, Cherokee National Forest is that is that what's? I mean, that's not really Cherokee land. What is it that's down there? Shawnee. I was going to say that's not Cherokee. Uh, the Shawnee National Forest, beautiful, where the uh, Ohio and Mississippi rivers converge. Southern edge of Illinois, baby. Almost Memphis. Oh, man, our, our Mac is freaking out. Let's give it a quick pause and try this over again. Just running like our 99 Honda Accord. Just transmission totally shot. I don't know if what the official term for that is on a laptop, but I think I think my MacBook's tran- transmission is pretty much shot. Uh, we're coming up on the ten year anniversary. We're months away from having this, having had this MacBook for ten years, uh, and eventually, before too long, I need to start researching uh, just podcasting options for not a MacBook, not Apple, because. This baby's not going to last forever, and I'm certainly not getting another Mac. So, going to have to, you know, we're not going to be using GarageBand. I don't think they make GarageBand for PC. Lot to, lot to learn, lot to figure out. It's not going to be that hard. I've just been very comfortable for, you know, since January 2018, doing the same thing every single week. We'll figure it out. Uh, but Illinois, you got Chicago, my favorite city in the world. Um, and you know, the rest of the kind of bigger cities outside of the Chicagoland area, nothing special, but you know what? You can live there. They're homey. Uh, it's, you know, it's Illinois. It's home. Child of the corn. That's me. Seven years of corn detasseling. Uh, six, six kind of a fan favorite Colorado, uh, and I don't have any specific ties to it, but I know plenty of people who just go nuts over it. But here's the thing, guys. It's getting crowded. It's getting expensive. They don't have much in the way of public transportation infrastructure. But uh, look, obviously great hiking, great natural beauty, fresh air, legal pot, if you're into that sort of thing. One place I've never been, for the most part, Never like had the chance to explore the Western Slope, uh, which you know it's not it's not really on the way to anything, but I think that's you know that's a part of Colorado certainly that I've never really been to. I've done Denver, I've done Colorado Springs, Estes Park, Rocky Mountain National Park, all that stuff. Um, almost went to Fort Collins for a wedding, but it was like days after I moved back to Chicago, and I just couldn't figure out how to make it work. Um. But, yeah, it's Colorado. I put it at number six. 
And I don't really have much more to say about it. There's plenty of people who go gaga. Speaking of gaga, Lady Gaga at Wrigley Field here in two days. I have my three tickets that sold on StubHub, and I don't think I have not gotten paid. I get paid after the concert, uh, but that's like 600 bucks or something coming my way. Looking forward to it. And that'll pay for one of our dinners in Hawaii, so that should be good. Uh, and I don't feel, you know, I don't feel bad about selling the tickets because even if I was a Gaga fan, which I'm not, we have a highly publicized public feud. I wouldn't be able to go because I work till like seven on Monday night orientation, hoping that I get out of there a little bit quicker so I can catch Better Call Saul live and not have to wait till Tuesday to watch it so I can be part of the conversation. But, uh, yeah, Gaga's coming to Wrigley. Uh, number five, we are into our top five here. And I promise the top five are going to be faster than the last five we just did because I'm running out of gas here. And we're already 46 minutes in. Number five, California. Uh People who live in, like, Los Angeles and the beaches in California are just not my crowd. But at the end of the day, uh, I don't really hate them. I think just let them kind of do their thing and know that it's not really real. It's just kind of their, like, image that they've cultivated and promote out to the world on social media. And they can just, like, live in that bubble and uh, live that life. And I'm okay with that. But there's so much else in California to explore. People people are uh, have caught on to San Diego now, great place out there, but really lacking a cultural identity. One knock against San Diego, San Francisco, the Bay Area, you get much more of that cultural identity. But uh, good luck living there. Maybe if you're a millionaire, not if you work in education. Uh, but you know some other places, like uh, Bakersfield, I was in. I didn't mind Bakersfield, some good natural beauty. Obviously, great mountains, great hiking. Sierra Nevadas. Nevadas, there you go again, Sierra Nevadas. Uh, You go up north, you get the Redwoods. A little bit further south, around Mount Whitney, you get the Sequoias. And then uh, lots of eastern California, just kind of like Nevada. Basically, just like dust and salt. But a lot of opportunity. Love the uh, diversity you get in uh, everything, really. People, nature, all that stuff. No interest in ever living in Los Angeles or anywhere close to it. Uh, I don't even like visiting that much because it's such a long flight. But uh, I can appreciate it for what it is. And there's plenty of other places in California I like to visit. I've still never been in the Napa Valley, but it's, it's pretty high in both Rachel and mine's lists. I never, I never, I never know how you're supposed to do that. So it's like Rachel in my, Rachel's in my list. Is that it? Rachel's in mine list. Rachel's in mine's list. I don't know. We need a grammar expert on here. And that's, uh, that's California number five. Number four, probably one that people aren't going to see coming. Number four, Michigan. I'm a big Michigan fan, big Michigan defender. I think it's got, you know, the charm of the Midwest. Let's go with my laptop freaking out again. Let's try to pause one more time. We just got to get to the end. We're almost done, I promise. It's a struggle to get across this finish line. I think I said Michigan at number four, and my Mac just had a cardiac arrest. Um, great nature. I've never even been to the UP. But I know what it's about. It's kind of like Alaska. Just a whole lot of nothing. But in that nothing, I thrive. You give me a car. You give me some drinks. Not at the same time, but just for the holistic experience. And some wide open nature. I'm happy, man. Uh, Detroit gets its fair share of, uh, of shit. And in my experience, most of it is warranted. But like Baltimore... It's not a city that you just totally write off because of certain bad aspects. There's plenty of cool stuff there, too. Uh, the island in, in the uh, Detroit River, 
between Detroit and uh, Windsor. Was that Belle Isle? Is that what it's called? That's a that's a fun area. That's a classic like Midwest like picnic shelter, except it's huge. There's a lighthouse there. There's a turf from the Pontiac Silverdome is there. There's an old uh, casino, not a gambling casino, but one of those Native American meeting places, that type of casino. Uh, and if you're smart, you park in the Wendy's parking lot in Detroit and you walk across the bridge so you don't have to pay the toll. I got probably got lucky that I didn't get towed. Like that was, I'm a pretty like safe, conservative guy in that regard. But man, that one time I had the afternoon to myself in Detroit and I literally just like, there were probably a million other like places in a neighborhood with like completely safe, legal street parking that I should have just done instead. But I, I didn't have any issues. So kudos to that Wendy's for not being dicks. Uh, but, you know, Ann Arbor, nice college town. It is expensive as hell. Like, Ann Arbor is sneaky expensive. But, uh, look, we, we like to shit on both Michigan and Michigan State just because of Big Ten rivalries. But they're not bad places to be. And uh, the Lake Michigan coast, we, we've talked all about Saugatuck. We had a great time there last year, eager to go back. New Buffalo is a fun town. Uh, Holland, you can go all the way up to uh, Traverse City. So, lot to like in Michigan. I think it's got a great blend of uh, affordability, great nature, some fun towns, a lot of different things. Mackinac Island, UP. Uh, you know, there's just something for everyone, I think, and that's really what I like in a state. And so that's Michigan. I think Rachel's coming back. Maybe she'll want to be featured on our top three. Coming in at number three, we head across the country to the state of Washington. Let's pause, see if Rachel wants to come on. All right, Rachel said she doesn't want to come on the podcast. Last last chance podcast, yes, no? No. Head shake. Okay. Not drunk enough. That makes two of us. Uh, coming in at number three, Washington. Uh, it's like Oregon, but better. Let's be real. Um, that's going to ruffle some feathers. But uh, everything's bigger in Washington. Uh, mountains are taller. There's more death cab for cutie. Uh, a lot of rain in Seattle, but... I think the mo- the most underrated national park, not underrated, but maybe a little underrated, uh, Olympic National Park in uh, northwestern Washington. That's a that's the cool thing about Washington. You get to Seattle and you kind of feel like you've reached the end of the world, but you can still go west and there's a lot more happening over there. Or uh, Northern Cascades is that what it's called? Northern Cascades National Park. It's kind of got like a mini glacier feel to it. They're not that far from each other. And then uh, you got your gateway to Vancouver. That Pacific coast, it just gets better and better. But, uh, no, I'm a big Washington fan. It's definitely a place I would live if I wasn't, you know, didn't have ties to the Midwest. But, again, you get a little bit of everything. You get the rainy West Coast. You can go to the beach if you want when it's hot out. You get great hiking. You got... Legal everything, basically. And uh, I don't know. There's just something about it that I like. All right, coming in at number two. We are down to the nitty-gritty here. And I'm making a last-second switch that I thought I had already made, but I was just pouring over my list and realized that I hadn't actually made it. Okay, number number two. The one state on this list that I haven't been to. So it's kind of hard to rank. Hawaii. I switched it. I thought I had switched it uh, previously, but I uh, had not switched. Rachel says we're not moving Minnesota. That's okay. I don't want to move there. I just like it there. Uh, well, that's our number one. If, in case you, you couldn't deduce it at this point. Uh, Hawaii number two will be there in a week. 
multiple different islands. Here's the thing. I remember doing Quiz Bowl as a kid, and uh, you know, geography was my jam, right? You're not supposed to lose the geography bowl. There was three bowls. There's Bible, there's math and science, there's history and geography. Bible was always a wash. No one reads the Bible. But history and geography, math and science, I was, I was down for that. But there was one question. Well, I have a couple of distinct memories. First, they asked what the tallest mountain in North America was. I said Denali. They said, you're wrong. It's Mount Whitney or um, uh, Mount McKinley. And I said, that's the same thing. And uh, Ginny Kittle said, nope, you're wrong. So <sighs> Mount McKinley. Great, great president. Good job dying in office. That's insensitive. Uh, but then there was another question. How many islands are there in Hawaii? And I'm like, how are you supposed... There's like a million islands in Hawaii. You want to ask how many like inhabited islands are there? Still, who knows? But the general consensus is that there's like five or seven. I think the answer that... Uh, was supposedly correct was like 12 and I was like I I don't know man it doesn't seem right I filed an official protest with uh my mom who was on the board and uh I don't think I ever got retribution or uh reparation is the word I'm looking for not retribution but yeah we're going in a week and exploring Oahu Maui is great from what I've heard. And uh, there's a big brush fire on the Big Island right now. But I would love to go to the Big Island someday. Not only is it big, but you can go see uh, Mauna Kea. Are they both, are both Mauna Kea and Mauna Loa on the island? Or I think one of them, Mauna Loa, is in the ocean, right? Uh, and from the ocean floor up, it's the, it's the tallest mountain in the world, which is cool. But, uh, yeah, we're going to go experience it. Look, it's super expensive, but it's just there's nothing else quite like it in the United States. Dewy, hot and muggy, but always close to the beach. Pineapple plantation. It's got a lot going for it. Surfing. Looking forward to checking it out. It's just like, you know, when I went to Alaska, it's a completely different thing than I've ever experienced before. Similarly, Hawaii is going to be a different thing than I've ever experienced before. One week from now, I'm going to be wearing my lei. I'm going to be smooching the ground. I'm going to get a good picture. And uh, that will be my 50th state. Coming in at number one as we approach the hour mark, Minnesota. I'm ready for the shit that our inbox will receive for ranking Minnesota as the number one state in the United States. And you can you can uh, you can let me hear it, let me have it. Uh, Beantown Podcast at yahoo.com. Again, it's Beantown Podcast at yahoo.com. Tweet at us at White Buns. That's me personally, Buns with a Z. Uh, the show is at Beantown Cast. Uh, I, I I'm a big Minnesota defender. Not only for like the childhood nostalgia, the family there, but um, I just think the Twin Cities are fantastic. Great nature, people are very kind, amazing food, great beer. Uh, you know, most people go to Minneapolis and hang out there, and that's great. But St. Paul, it's kind of its own thing, but it's right close by, and that's a beautiful place too. Just the, like, quintessential Midwestern charm, I think. You got the Mississippi, big and mighty. You got the St. Croix underrated uh and then you know you leave the twin cities and you go across the country and or the the state and yeah it's gonna look like you're kind of your average midwestern state but you even get a decent amount of uh racial diversity in minnesota compared to most other midwestern states and uh you got the biggest ball of twine you got blue earth minnesota you got the spam museum at the mayo clinic you go north, you got land of 10,000 lakes, you got Lake Superior, Duluth, Canada, 
international, what do they call it? International waters, international falls, uh, lake of the, uh, lake of the lakes or something up there. I don't know. I don't remember exactly what it's called, but I've heard it's beautiful. Good fishing. You know, west, you got the Red River of the North, Fargo. You might see uh, Frances McDormand up there. Most of Fargo takes place in Minnesota. I think she's like a cop and uh, William H. Macy, I think, like in St. Paul, right? Or Minneapolis, maybe. Um, And the Fargo aspect of it is like two seconds of the movie. It's just called Fargo. They could have called it Minneapolis. I don't know if that's as catchy. But yeah, I'm just a big fan. Again, a lot of the a lot of these states appear on this, you know, top ten list are states that have great, like big cultural centers, big cities. And then just some great nature outside of it. Excuse me, kind people. Hot dish. Oh, how would we not talk about hot dish? So simple. You get two cans of cream of chicken. You get some ground beef, ground turkey, a bag of frozen veggies, anything you want. But I I prefer something that has both green beans, lima beans, and corn, if you can, a variety pack. And then you top it with, you throw some salt in there, but not too much. You top it with tater tots. You bake that baby for 30 minutes. Dude, I could like, you sit me down on a Sunday afternoon in October, you turn on the Vikings game, you get me a craft brew and uh, a 9 by 13 of hot dish. That is just, you know, it's 55 degrees outside, sun is shining, leaves are changing. That's Minnesota in my mind. And I understand that that's a very specific kind of image, but uh, that's what I'm all about. Good people. Not that fake California stuff. We just we just live life to the fullest. Getting full from hot dish, just thinking about that. Um, I haven't had breakfast yet, speaking of full, and it's 11.30. I'm going to make some eggs. I'm going to turn on this Bears preseason game for a hot second to see how it goes. They're in town, actually, but uh, hell of a trip to get from Lakeview to Soldier Field on a weekend. Uh, and then uh, enjoy the rest of our day. We got dinner tonight with family, dinner tomorrow, birthday celebration. Happy birthday, my loving GF, Rachie, turning 27 in uh, about 36 hours here. And, uh, yeah, that's about all I got for you. That was our top 50 United States power rankings. Oh, I suppose we we didn't even do this at the beginning, which is fine because it would take a long time. So let's just uh, let's close the book on this and go from honorable mention slash not ranked to number one. So not ranked, Washington, D.C., Puerto Rico, and Guam. Okay, here you go. This is the final list from top down or from bottom up, starting with 50, Alabama. 49, Mississippi, 48, Louisiana, 47, Arkansas, 46, South Carolina, 45, Florida, 44, Texas, 43, Missouri. New category, 42, North Dakota, 41, South Dakota, 40, Indiana, 39, Kentucky, 38, Idaho, 37, Montana, 36, Wyoming, 35, Nebraska, 34, Kansas, 33, Oklahoma, 32, Delaware, new category, 31, New Jersey, 30, Iowa, 29, Connecticut, 28, Rhode Island, 27, Ohio, 26, Arizona, 25, North Carolina, 24, Virginia, 23, Tennessee, 22, Maryland, 21, Georgia. New category, 20, New Mexico, 19, Nevada, 18, Wisconsin, 17, New Hampshire, 16, Vermont, 15, Utah, 14, Massachusetts, 13, West Virginia, 12, Maine, 11, Oregon. Final category, 10, Alaska, 9, Pennsylvania, 8, New York, 7, Illinois, 6, Colorado, 5, California, 4, Michigan, 3, Washington, 2, Hawaii, number 1, Minnesota. Thank you all for listening. Uh, There's been a lot of content. I think pretty much every episode we've had the last five weeks has been just about an hour. Uh, But I've had fun doing it. I've been talking about doing it for two-plus years, literally, and uh, it finally happened. So in case you're wondering, well, what are you going to do now, Quinn? I have no idea. I don't know what the future holds for this show. Uh, We're going to have to get into recording maybe like Friday morning or Wednesday It'll only be a couple days before we're back at it because I'm not bringing the recording stuff to uh, 
uh, Hawaii, although I do plan to, if I can uh, think of it, bring my, my handheld recorder and maybe probably not next week's episodes, but week after that, the tail end of our Hawaii trip, um, I would, I would record a podcast from like Waikiki beach or something I think would be good. That'd be fun. You got to do it since you're out there, right? You can't not podcast in Hawaii. It's our last state. Uh, but for the time being, we got we got to figure that out in the future. That's okay. Future Quinn problem. Uh, thank you all for sticking around. Let us know what you think of our rankings. You know our email. You know our website, beantownpodcast.com. Check it out. I'm done. Time to go cook. Everyone, I hope you are having a great day. Hope you're staying safe. Hope you're staying sane. And I'll check in on you next time. Bye. Thank you.